Calvin, we may need to stop podcasting very soon. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> our advice is being taken too seriously by our listeners, and it's backfiring big time. Backfiring on you? Or backfiring yes. on themselves? No, it's it's going really well for them and really poorly for me. So this is the scenario. Let me paint you a picture. Another bachelor party this past weekend, this time for our friend Brad. And I got there a little bit after the majority of the crew. Not a single place to sleep for me. Yes. I go to I go to chat with Drew. He was like, hey, man, great podcast. It really uh, helped me you know, make a good packing list. And you better believe I got a good place to sleep. This whole back room full of beds, every single one taken no, by all the guys. That's hilarious. <laughs> and so did you did you try out uh, bargaining? I didn't try uh, bargaining because I didn't have any uh, because you know what? Because I forgot I had a twenty dollar bill in my pocket too. You so yeah? Would you have gone that far with a twenty dollar bill? Um, no, you wouldn't. Have. I don't know. So there were two couches in the main room, and I took the longest one, and, and Ty had the little short one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was right out in the open where you know all of the main games are happening. So it was a pretty so. So I think we have to stop podcasting because people because our advice is too good, and that and when people up when people apply it, their life is way better, and it and I am to suffer for that's it. That seriously backfired on you. <laughs> Who knew? Should have so, waited for all these bachelor parties that come to a close before we give out all our secrets. Yeah. So, anyways, we might need to stop podcasting at some point. Is that why you left early? Because you were so miserable. Yeah, I was just upset. I was just miserable. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Welcome back to the Open Road Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Jeremy. Calvin and I are back on the show. We are on our weekly schedule. We've figured out Skype call recorder, and uh, life is good. We're coming to you day of. Day of. As in, this has not been pre, uh, pre-recorded pre weeks in advance. We're now just, just scrambling to get content out on time. But I also don't think we're scrambling, because now that we have the internet figured out, you know, we can do it like this, no problem. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I like this. Because I remember when we first started, we were putting out episodes that we had done weeks and weeks beforehand. Yeah. Which I think is, is good to have content in the bank, but... Oh, for sure. But, I mean, that uh, stuff we talked about, I mean, who knows? With these days, content that's weeks old may not even apply or be relevant <laughs> anymore. But we still want people who haven't listened to the podcast to start from the beginning. So kind of disregard that last comment. <laughs> oh, yes, that's true. It's all uh, it's, it's all relevant. Happy. It's all good. Hey, so it's May long weekend. It is absolutely gorgeous weather here in Ontario. And so we're going to try to, you know, get back outside after this podcast is done. But uh, I was at another bachelor party this weekend, as I mentioned. And Calvin, what you been up? To? What have you been up to? Just kind of having the classic cottage weekend. Nice. Um, yep. Up at the uh, in-laws' cottage, which is about ten-minute drive from my house. So, so you you basically live convenient. in cottage co- cottage country. So isn't your whole life basically cottage time? Well, that's the thing. I literally live right in the heart of cottage country. Right. And uh, and when we bought our house, it was actually listed as a cottage. Really? Believe it or not. So you have a I cottage. Mean, <laughs> I'm just like hundred percent cottage. So I have a cottage. <laughs> You're a cottager. That's it. But it's been it's uh it's actually pretty wild. This is like the craziest weekend. So I was really busy with work this week, and then even just driving through town, uh, Saturday and Friday, it is just madness here. Oh yeah, everybody with, coming up and with such good weather too. You you can't not. You got to either open exactly. cut a job or get a bunch of work done before the summer. And yeah, and it's kind of fun, you know, having the the town all fired up again. And yeah, I kind of like it. So do you find Calvin that because you live in cottage country, this like coveted beautiful part of our great province and country that sometimes like the landscapes the nature the beauty they they sometimes get a little bit old for you because you live up there um mm, that's a good question no i don't think it does get old for me i think we're uh we're pretty good at using uh using everything at our fingertips because it's so so easy and close by yeah um but i can see i mean i haven't lived here that long maybe in 10 years i'll squander my resources and <laughs> never do anything but you have like like yeah so much good stuff around like you can just hop across the street and go fishing dude yeah that's what i did friday night 
How'd it just go? Just went down, uh, went down to the river and went fishing. It was sweet. You reel anything in? I did. I did. I got a, a big, I didn't tell you about it, but I got a big bass because it was uh, the day before bass opened, so it was actually illegal. But you weren't targeting bass, were you? Of no, course but, not. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? Uh, we should have a competition this uh, summer to see who can catch the most fish. Oh, we definitely should have a competition this summer. So should, this it, su- should it be most or biggest or both? Yeah, we got to set up some ground rules. All yeah. right, so I think, no, there's definitely got to be points for biggest, points for most. Okay. Uh, are we starting from now or starting, because we both had a good last couple of weeks, so we should include all that. Yeah, I think we should include all that. I mean, you did. You had a little bit of luck ice fishing, so that to me is on the edge of what we should include. But you know, so we're starting from 2016. I I say let's start from 2016 because you know I at least did go ice fishing, so there was chance for me to catch some stuff, even though I didn't. That's true. You did go. Okay. So Fine. we'll have so to we'll, uh, we'll have to count up what we what we caught. So now, and what uh, what counts? Because obviously, if you don't have your hands on it in the boat or on the shore, it doesn't count. Should it be photo? No, because I often don't take photos because I, th- I find it hard when I'm by myself. Calvin, if we are having a legitimate competition here, I think, you know, the only evidence is photo. What's your word against mine? I don't know if you're a trustworthy guy. My word against yours is that you're my friend. Are you, though? <laughs> it's true. I guess it, it depends. Is, what... It is fishing. Exaggeration <laughs> uh, happens, right? I guess Pretty it, easily. It depends what prize we put on the line. That's also true. Right? Because if it's a really good prize, I can definitely see you pushing the truth, you know? Who's providing the prize? Or is it just going to be an agreed upon thing? Yeah, I think, like, if one of us wins, then you need to buy the other something like, you know, a, nice. a, a two for a beer or something. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Is that is that, is that a good prize? Yeah, I mean, like, that's pretty good. Or is that I'm not going to buy or is like, that not enough? nice? No, that's definitely enough. Okay, but then what? So that's for most. Then what about for longest? For longest, most for longest, maybe for. I think you should have to cook me your fantastic, world famous carbonara. That's what I want. That's what you want. Yeah, if I win. Do I, do I get any? Yeah, you can have some, but you got to cook it for me too. True. Uh, okay, and then if I win, I want you to change my tires. Ooh, okay, that's fair. All right, that's that's really good. All right, that works. Okay, so I think we have found the competition. So fish, wait, fish got to be over twelve inches, over twelve inches in the boat or in your hands. But for I think photo evidence, man, like you have okay, your cell fine. phone from now on. Photos. Okay, but we'll count what we've done so far. Yeah. Okay. And now there's been no competition. Maybe we'll need to keep a ruler in our tackle box to make sure we got the twelve inches. How about just longer than your forearm? Uh, no, that's let that's you know what. Dope. Just like de- a decent bass will count it, and and we'll we'll judge by photo. All right, all right, fine, fair enough. Um, cause yeah, it, no rock bass or anything. Yeah, like that, nothing like or that. Or sunfish or anything. Yeah, exactly. So if you, I mean, if you catch a small, it's a, it's a fish. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and then prizes most fish. The other person buys the other two for, and uh, okay. longest fish. I change your tires, or you cook me your fantastic carbonara. Deal, man. All right. Virtually shake on it. All right. There it is. Very cool. Um, Our guest today, he is also an avid fisherman. Yes. And uh, we're having Alex Trainer from Northern Scavenger uh, on today. And he has, um, over the years, done a really good job of documenting his adventures. He basically goes on these amazing canoe trips with his pals, exploring this great province of ours. And yeah. he kind of looked at his bank of content and he's like, hey, I actually know a decent amount about the outdoors, about camping, about what to pack, how to do food, where to go and how to, you know, have a really great camping adventure. So we thought it'd be a great fit for uh, for an interview on the podcast. Yeah. Big gear guy. Yeah, I'd say. And yeah. um, but like well, the appropriate amount of gear and the right gear. Here, here's what I love, Jared. I love that he is doing this all in Ontario, our home province. Yes. Because I have guilty. I have found myself getting kind of bummed out about our province when I see amazing pictures of other places that I could live. But like and what other I places? Come... Five seconds ago, you said you love living in cottage country. And that's like... I the... do love living in cottage country. But I mean, like, 
I don't know. It's just there's so many other sweet places with mountains and okay. other amazing landscapes and other, you know, crazy activities that we just don't have the luxury of okay. because of our landscape. I mean, of course, we have amazing things here, too. And probably people at West are just wishing they could be right where we are. People at West with but the Rockies, I mean, not. <laughs> exactly. See, I mean, I think like um, I think like I would love to just have. Sometimes when I'm driving around and I just see like a, it's like a really low cloud kind of day. Yeah. And I just imagine like, man, imagine there were just a whole bunch of mountains behind those clouds uh, right in our little right in our little area. Right. That would be amazing. Right. Or like right on the edge of the ocean, too. Right. Why can't we just have it all? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, man, you look at like some of our previous guests like Hannah and Zach and like they kind of have it all. Ocean on I know they actually one way. do though huge redwoods mountains like that's pretty good in that coast I know and it's always warm there oh, which is kind of crazy Yep all right do you, do you ever get bummed about the cold I don't really get bummed about the cold It was actually interesting I was just chatting with this I was picking up something for Katie in Toronto and the guy at the at the desk he's we got chatting a little bit and he said he was uh, coming from India. And oh, yeah. um, it's always warm where he is. But he was like, you know what? I don't even mind the cold that much. And he just had this deep appreciation for the changing of the seasons. And I was like, you know what, man? Me too. Like winter could be a little bit shorter. But the fact that we get all four seasons in like their full glory, I think is yes. amazing. Yep. I know. I always think that too. Like actually in the dead of winter, I really don't mind the cold, but only when like the hot weather begins here, I'm like, oh yeah, this is actually very this is nice. Really nice. And this weekend, <laughs> but it's good. It gives me such a good uh, appreciation for the nice weather, right? Yeah. And I think this weekend has been a perfect example of like a great teaser for the summer. For sure. Yeah. This has been a very hot summer weekend, not in summer. So, all right, let's uh, let's chat with Alex. I think he's got some great stories, some great tips on how to uh, have a, an incredible canoe trip or camping trip. And, you know, tis the season to be planning uh, those types of things if, you know, your summer weekends aren't all filled up already, which I know for some people, including myself, pretty much is. Yeah, get your notepads out, especially if you're, uh, if you're in Nor or uh, Ontario and maybe hoping to travel to northern Ontario. Listen up. There's some good stuff here. Listen up. This is Alex Trainer from Northern Scavenger. All right. Welcome back to the Open Road Podcast. I'm Calvin here with Jeremy and our good friend Alex from Northern Scavenger. How's it going, guys? Alex, thanks so much for being uh, on the podcast today with us. It's been a bit of a long time coming to get you here, so uh, we're very happy to have you with us today. Yeah, yeah there's actually be. been a, a lot of back and forth with Alex, hasn't there? Yeah, it's been good. Well, he runs this really cool uh, website called Northern Scavenger, and we've been thinking of interesting ways to collaborate. And we finally said, you know what, we can still do all that stuff. Let's just get him on the podcast for an episode. Yeah. So before we begin here, uh, or as we begin here, I guess, Alex, why don't you tell us just a little bit about the website that you started and what kind of inspired the whole idea of uh, this uh, Northern Scavenger site? Yeah, absolutely. Um so I've uh, kind of always grown up camping with uh, my family and uh, I've done quite a few uh, trips with my family and uh, now over the last couple of years I've been doing a lot more with my friends and the trips have been getting more interesting and more difficult and I've always kind of enjoyed uh, you know bringing the GoPro with you and documenting it as you as you have all these trips and I never really had a plan for any of it I was just kind of doing it for fun and uh, one day I kind of looked at all this content that I had and I was like, you know what, I should pull this all together and create an online resource for, uh, for others to, uh, hopefully inspire some other people to, uh, get out and, uh, try camping or check out the outdoors. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's really geared towards helping others, uh, find their North or get out in the outdoors. Where, uh, Alex, geographically are you? Uh, I live in Toronto. Um, and uh, frequently explore northern Ontario. Nice. So where? how far have you gone? Because you can, I mean, northern or Ontario is giant. It really is. Um, to date, uh, the farthest trip we've done is uh, three hours north of Sudbury. Uh, we did a trip last summer to a small, small town called Biscatazing, and... Uh, it's uh, got a population of 20 in the uh, off season. So humans, uh, 20 humans, actually, <laughs> maybe right. counting a couple pets as well. I'm not yeah. exactly sure. <laughs> they probably make it in. 
Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, to date, that was probably the farthest one. And uh, this year, we're actually looking to go even further. Uh, but uh, wow. that's still in the uh, in the works. This uh, the site you have here is, I think, really cool, um, especially as a resource. So, you know, some of the the headings you have here is planning and trip ideas and what to bring in terms of food and clothing and sort of a journal of all of your uh, of all your um, adventures. So I think it's, a, it's turning into, a, from what I can see here, a really uh, interesting resource. Um, I'd be curious to hear a little bit about what gives you your your trip ideas when you say, yeah, we're going to go three hours north of Sudbury to this tiny little place. Like what's something that like what what makes you want to do that or or helps you find those trip ideas? Uh, to be honest, it's kind of funny because it, it never started like that. It was, you know, you, you start by doing uh, an easy trip uh, and you're maybe staying somewhere a little bit closer. Uh, you Maybe not, uh, maybe you don't canoe in at all. Maybe you do a drive-in campsite and then you find out someone who's into the interior camping. They do a canoe trip with you and now you get kind of the itch to do one of those. And the more and more you do, the more and more you just want to challenge yourself, find places mm. that are more remote, uh, maybe more difficult uh, and challenge yourself a little bit. So that's kind of where you end up uh, exploring those farther places that uh, no one's ever heard of before. And and with that progression are you finding that you need to now block out more and more time for your trips like as they just kind of get longer and longer yeah absolutely and it's kind of a bit of a struggle for us right now because i think our uh our, our ambition to do those larger trips and the farther ones is kind of restricted by our ability to take time off we right. uh, um myself and usually uh, the the friends that i have that i do these trips with uh, we're all working full-time regular jobs like everyone else. And, uh, you know, when you're starting off, uh, recent, uh, graduates, they don't necessarily hand out va vacation time like, uh, you would like them to, but, oh, yeah. um, so, uh, yeah, finding the time is tough for these, uh, the longer trips. And is it more canoe trips that you always go on or is it just you you drive somewhere and just, you know, go tenting for a few days? I'm looking here. It seems as though you do mostly canoe trips. That's been my primarily my primary focus um, uh, recently, and I think it comes with. I grew up doing a lot of car camping, as I call it, and uh, yep. that was kind of the easier ones that kind of get you into camping in the first place, and kind of get you into the outdoors, and, and kind of get you loving those uh, types of activities. And then uh, now that uh, I've got friends that are also interested in it, you, you challenge yourself and we enjoy doing those kind of paddling trips because they're more difficult. You get more remote areas. You don't see people all over the place. You're alone out in the woods. Where what, you, you keep saying like uh, it's a challenge or it's difficult. So what is the, what's the thing that brings that difficulty to, uh, you know, one of these canoe trips? Is it? Yeah, just what is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, the difficulty could really come in for uh, a, a lot of it could be distance that you're traveling. So maybe you have okay. to paddle a lot every day um, to complete your loop or your route, whatever you've decided to do. Uh, and another big element would be the portages for us. So, uh, when yeah. there's, uh, intense set of rapids in front of you, we're not necessarily, uh, whitewater, uh, professionals. So, sure. uh, we typically navigate around those or waterfalls or anything like that, uh, you would want to go around. And so, um, one of the trips we're looking into right now uh, has been rated very difficult for portages and it's one of the reasons that not many people get to see this lake because mm. um, it's just too difficult for people to get into. They, they actually quoted measuring in uh, meters per hour, not uh, kilometers per hour. Really? So it, really? for a place like that, I guess, is it really important the time of year you're going to go? Obviously, just like with spring runoff being super heavy, uh, you wouldn't really be able to go with uh, with high water. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, this is kind of where you want to definitely at least do some research into your trip, have right. at least some sort of idea of what you're getting yourself into. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, there, there's a, a movie called Without a Paddle where these guys end up uh, going down and yeah. they find themselves falling off a, a waterfall because they didn't necessarily know exactly where they were. Like, 
that's what you absolutely don't want. And the the reality is, is that maybe you won't fall off a waterfall, but there's definitely a lot of things out there that can injure right. you. And when you're out that remote, you can't really take all the risks that uh, you might in other situations. So yeah, well, uh, I mean, the, the further you travel into no man's land, the more dangerous it gets, right? Because you have just less amount of resources at your fingertips. Absolutely. You know, you're that much farther away from civilization, getting help, getting to, you know, a hospital or a car. Yeah. I remember uh, doing a, a fishing trip with one of my friends and his dad when we were younger. And uh, I just, I, I can still remember his dad just drilling it into our heads because we had a, a plane drop us off at the, at the cabin. And uh, he basically said straight up, if you injure yourself, you'll be sitting inside the cabin for the weekend uh, or Jeez. for half the week until the plane comes and checks on us halfway through the week, <laughs> oh. in which case we can get you somewhere. But until then, you'll be sitting inside with whatever you've done to yourself. So right. you know, like, it kind of sets the uh, the pace for what you need to be prepared for before you kind of get yourself into these things. I, I think there's a real thrill to stuff like that. I mean, um, we're, you know, especially us here in the GTA, we are so close the greater Toronto area. We're so close to everything. We have everything at our fingertips. We're always in cell service. If we're not, you know, like, like nothing can really crazy happen to us here. But when you, even Calvin and I, when we go on our, like we try to do a mini uh, camping trip for a weekend every summer and even just kind of getting away and relying on, uh, you know, either catching your own dinner or just doing all of that stuff is just a real thrill. It's like one of those times where it just makes you feel so alive. Absolutely. It's kind of what gets you hooked with it. Yeah, I'm sure. Do you guys bring like a satellite phone or anything when you're way out in the middle of nowhere? That's funny. I actually uh, just bought our first GPS that will be coming with us on uh, our trips this summer. Nice. Um, oh, really? And uh, a big part of that for us was just being able to actually mark waypoints and yeah. be able to document right. it a little bit better after. But historically, we have not had one of those. Uh, and it has actually uh, been pretty led to some issues in some certain scenarios where you really don't know uh, what's on the other side of this forest. And sure. Right. No, I think, so. I think that's smart. And I mean, whether you have, you know, maps or a GPS, it's all stuff that helps you to... Um, helps you to even in many ways have a better trip right it, it helps you to know if you're on track or and it's and i think using a gps thing is still like kind of a, a neat thing to do especially if you're setting waypoints and doing all that uh type of stuff it's an interesting adds an interesting element to a trip yeah absolutely and um i i, I wrote an article on this actually and it was kind of just talking about like technology's place in the woods and while cool. a lot of people are kind of going out to escape that whole technology and kind of get Un, uh, like disconnected yep. um what still has a place and what you kind of want to make sure you might things you might want to bring with you on these trips still uh, right so uh, where, where do you kind of draw the line alex like you've got now this uh this gps but that's new for you um do you guys bring phones or other stuff we do still bring phones. I mean, most of the places we're going, uh, we're not getting cell service or anything like right. that. We, sure. we're, re we're really bringing our phones to take pictures. It's our camera. Uh, yep. um, and uh, we typically bring uh, a GoPro or two as well and, uh, and just so that we're able to document it a little bit better. Nice. Yeah, well, that equipment's all so sweet because it's just it, – it's come down in size so much and it's very easy to take that with you and not feel the burden of it. Yeah, it really has. You can, I mean, camping, you're a bit of a minimalist in the first place. So uh, having these smaller gadgets now, uh, you can easily fit them on you and not really feel the burden. Size decrease, quality increase makes for uh, good content for your website. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Calvin and I both love fishing. It's like one of our absolute favorite pastimes. I see from some of your videos that you're a, a big fisher too. What's your uh, favorite type of fish to catch? Uh, hmm, that'd be a tough one. I'd probably have, oh, uh, the most do you guys, common. Do you guys make uh, fishing kind of like a priority on your trips or do you not bother? Yes, 100%. It's, oh, a, you do. Yeah, yeah. it's a, well, it's a pretty important thing to, we all love it as well. So yeah, it's, it's right. a pretty important thing for us. And it's another one of the benefits of going to these more remote places is, right. uh, you've got better fishing opportunities and, yeah. uh, so probably the most common ones we go for are bass and pike. Yep. Um, I caught uh, my first lake trout last summer in Algonquin Park. Nice. And uh, 
we were probably fishing in about 70 feet of water and that kind of added a new yeah, must have been to deep. fishing. It was, you're pulling it up forever and uh, it's an exciting feeling to get it up to the boat eventually. So um, yeah, I don't necessarily know if I have a favorite. They all kind of are special in their own way. Um, my uncle has a little pond and we were over there for, uh, for Mother's Day this past weekend and he, and there's just, it's just like a little stock pond with a little bass and I just was tossing my line in and like the feeling when a fish bites that hook, like there is truly, truly nothing like it. And I just, it got, I, I only caught one, like the fish were not that active. Uh, and I just caught this one little guy, but it just got me so fired up for the summer. It was awesome. Jared, yeah. bass aren't in season right now. I know. That's why I, re- <laughs> that's why I released it. <laughs> I wasn't go. I wasn't targeting bass, man. You clearly I was were. Just like, it's like that's the, the only thing in the pond. <laughs> I was just practicing my casts. Just practicing my casts. I just did. Just had a you know, just a, not even a hook on the end. No, yeah. but uh, I'm just getting really excited for the summer. So, um, getting into well, I mean, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with the Northern Ontario landscape, um, maybe Alex, give us a little bit of a breakdown as to kind of some of the wildlife that are at your fingertips when you're uh, in Northern Ontario camping. Yeah, I mean, um, we, uh, in some of my previous trips, we've come across, uh, you know, moose, deer, uh, some bears, um, uh, all, all types of, well, beavers, um, loons, those are probably what you're looking at is the most common ones, yep, uh, yeah. all sorts of different types of birds that I probably wouldn't know all the different, uh, names to, but, uh, some, some pretty cool wildlife in uh in northern ontario a big thing for like camping on in ontario i know it's stressed by um tons of different people is proper food um storage and of course all your gear and uh is that mainly just bears that you're uh i mean i guess protecting against yeah it is bears um i mean in a way uh, you're you're kind of wanting to protect it from any animal that might want to try to get in there. It's not necessarily right. from a all. It's not always necessarily from a perspective of uh, your safety, even though that is a concern. Uh, but I mean, if something gets into your food and you're in the middle of nowhere, and now you are relying on catching fish, or uh, I don't know if you want to try to eat a squirrel or something like that, but. Uh, then uh, that that's kind of another big concern is that you really want to make sure that nothing gets into your food as well. Sure. Right. And what do you guys typically do for food on your trips? What is What are some of the go-to things that you guys bring and what are some of your recommendations um, for people who are going on camping trips in terms of food? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of have two different schools of thought on this one and uh, really this comes in the, the research part of your trip is – uh, if you know you're going to maybe a bear heavy area and there's been warnings out about that, then maybe you really want to tone down on how much uh, raw food you're bringing or uh, foods with a lot of scents. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, you also want to enjoy the meals that you're eating when you're out there. So uh, finding that balance is really um is really what you're aiming for. And so some of the things that we still like to bring on our trips is we'll bring steaks with us. And um, what we can do with that is we'll freeze our steaks and those will act as ice packs. And maybe we don't eat those until three days in, four days in, because they are slowly thawing, keeping themselves cold, and they're keeping the rest of your food cold well as well. Genius. Um, Sorry? Do you find yourself with, I mean, just kind of going off of general equipment and gear do you find yourself going more toward the minimal side of things i mean on your list or on your website under you know equipment you have tons of stuff listed i mean i'm surely you don't need all of it but a lot of them are essentials you kind of have them listed down until like you absolutely need this and and other uh, subcategories where, where are you kind of headed and what's your standard um practice of packing now uh i think um this kind of goes back to the, where you're going on your trip and the difficulty. If you know that you're doing crazy, crazy portages and you're going to be lugging all your stuff through, um, you really want to make sure you're packing light so that you can do your portages in one shoot. You don't want to have to drop stuff off at the lake, then make it back through what you just came through to grab right. more stuff and then bring it through again. So um, 
I think on those trips, you're really trying to reduce how much you're bringing. And, you know, I, I do some trips with friends to places that will maybe just go for a weekend. And uh, those trips will bring maybe a lot more because the portages are easy. We don't mind doing multiple trips. It means we're going to be a little bit more comfortable uh, while still being remote. Cruising through camping gear is always just such a, a fun pastime. Like it's all just so cool. And it's all just so tightly packed and it just it's all very well thought through. It's just nice to inspect it all. Absolutely. What's your favorite store for camping gear, Alex? Uh, it, uh if you'd asked me this maybe a couple years ago, I probably would have said uh Bass Pro Shops or Mech. Yep. Uh but um, now, uh, I just had a sale pop up near me Okay. and, uh, um, oh, yeah. I've been going there quite a bit actually. And I, I haven't if... been into one of those yet. Is it the same kind of model as mech where you need a membership and stuff? Uh, no, uh, they have their VIP program there, okay. but uh, that's more just so that you don't have to keep your receipts. It actually comes in handy when you're returning stuff. Nice. Um, I don't know if it's just, uh, like an, an irony thing, but it always seems that, uh, th- they have sales constantly going on. <laughs> and, uh, sales at sale. It, yeah. It's spelled differently, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, if you, if you wait, you'll, you'll find, uh, I, I just bought my GPS there, and I, I have this little uh, website I go to that'll tell you all the past history for prices, and it was the lowest price this has ever been sold. Oh wow! So, nice. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I just they've got good prices, and they've got all the stuff that I need. So, Alex, I mean, you have a ton of awesome resources on the website, which again is northernscavenger.com, talking all about planning trip ideas, again food, clothing, and and really detailed steps of your trips and your planning. Um, would you mind highlighting one story uh, that's either on the website or that's not uh, off or that's not on there yet? That was uh, a fun one that our listeners might want to hear about, or there's some funny things happened, or or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually just did a, a, that uh, trip that I was mentioning last year uh, to the small town of uh, Biscotazing. Yep. Um, short form Bisco is. Uh, uh, again, three hours north of Sudbury, and which is very far away and absolutely in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it really is. And uh, I, I remember we were after driving maybe about two hours north of Sudbury. You get to uh, the watershed; it's called, and it's kind of this trucker's stop that's on the last way, or like one of the last pieces of civilization you see before you drive through uh, numerous kilometers of logging road to get to uh, the actual launch or Bisco. And uh, I remember looking at a sign and it said, oh yeah, 70 kilometers out. So we're like, wow, we're actually really close. But uh, little did we know that uh, we were in for a lot more driving because there were no signs on these logging roads. Uh. And so we kept driving, hoping to find a sign, and we ended up driving way past our turn. <laughs> um, and to give you an idea, I think we were at the watershed at about 10.30 at night. We had left uh, Toronto after work on a Friday, and uh, we ended up getting lost in a smaller, like, I don't know if it's smaller than Bisco, it's probably similar size, but a small town called Sultan. And uh, it was, I think, about... One thirty or 2 in the morning when we had gotten there and we were only supposed to be about 70 kilometers out at right. about 10.30 and uh, we uh, were debating whether we stay there for the night but it was super super sketchy, no lights anywhere <laughs> uh, random graveyards all over the place mm. and we kind of had like a new breath of uh, energy and just con- decided to trek on we headed back and we were using our GPS on our phone because we didn't have one yet. And uh, your phone will actually triangulate you, kind of. And sh- it won't show you roads or anything, but it'll give you an idea of which direction you're heading in right? Um, very roughly. So we kind of used that to our advantage to finally make our way to Bisco. And right. uh, we pulled in at about 4 in the morning. Oh. And, uh, of course, no one's up. So... Uh, Bisco actually has a general store. That's what it's called. Phew. And uh, it is both a bar and a store. Uh, get yeah. all your needs in one place kind of situation. <laughs> I just looked up online biscuitizing and it said it consists of a uh, general store slash post office grocery <laughs> store. There's and, a post office uh, there. Yeah. And a liquor store. And that's it. Oh, and a church. 
and it and it is all run by the same guy. That's hilarious. <laughs> and so uh, we uh, we camped behind the general store. We pitched a tent at four in the morning, and it, there's actually a, a set of train tracks there um, for uh, the Canadian National Railway. Is that what it's? Uh, I think that's what it's called. Um, CN Rail. Yep. Via Rail. Yeah. Via, or yeah, Via Rail runs on it, I think. But uh, and so uh, we, I, I just remember setting up our tent, and I think at about five and six in the morning, a train comes by and hammers oh. on the horn. Oh. And <laughs> I, I remember just waking up and uh, just complete daze because we had just gone to sleep about an hour before <laughs> and I thought we were like I was like did we set up too close to the tracks like are we actually like kind of in danger here like it was so loud that I thought we were on the tracks and uh it was just uh, so we didn't get very much sleep that night that's and, a terrifying uh, sound no matter how awake you are oh, like even yeah. if you're anywhere near a train yeah, it was it was pretty crazy, and then uh, with uh, we woke up in the morning and we were just kind of stumbling around, and we we saw a woman walking with her kid, and we we're just like, <laughs> "Do you know when the Do you know when the store opens?" And she was like, uh, "I think you can just knock on the door. He sleeps upstairs, and he'll just come down and open it. Like, there's no real opening time." We're like, "Oh, okay. We just want to pay for parking and grab a coffee maybe before we head out. This is about eight in the morning." And she's like, "Well, why don't you come to our place for a coffee?" No, no way. And, uh, we ended up going there for a coffee, and she. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, there's a kid that fell. One of her kids fell and cut his ear, and they started throwing uh, like cooking flour on it to try to clot it. <laughs> and at that point, there was just a baby covered in flour, and we kind of just decided to pack up and maybe head out. Yeah, now's about the time <laughs> when we exit. That's so. This is getting yeah. weird. <laughs> handle this situation and we're gonna go paddle into the woods so that was a pretty interesting start to the trip and uh yeah so uh that was kind of one of the funny stories about that one and i know we we, we also had one of our most difficult portages on this trip that i think we've ever had we had uh one of our uh, our original loop that we were hoping to be able to do ended up going completely sideways because there was no portage there anymore and uh, we were uh, trying our best to uh, find an alternative route and luckily one of our friends had kind of thought of a bit of a backup plan for us but um, we basically had to, to push through thick thick forest mm. uh, with the hopes of, that this lake really was on the other side it's a small oh. small little lake called Norma Lake and it went from Indian Lake into Norma Lake, which is about a one kilometer in length lake and uh, nothing on it or anything like that. Um, and uh, once we got there, we spent about four hours pushing through more forest to get from Nor Norma Lake into another one called Mishap Lake. Hmm. And at this point, we're getting pretty excited because we thought, for sure, we're getting to this lake. There's not going to be anyone there. This is going to be one of the best fishing experiences, the most remote locations we've ever been. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when we finally got out there, we're paddling, and we turn around a corner, and we see a fishing lodge. And Whoa. Yeah, we, it, it took us by surprise because we had no idea how anyone would get out here. There was very little roads. And uh, as we were fishing one day, it actually turns out that uh, they fly in. Huh. And uh, they um, had never actually seen anyone on that lake before, and they wow. were uh, very surprised to see us on that lake. And uh, they cool. ended up, but uh, it was cool. They were younger, uh, younger uh, kids as well, so they ended up coming over uh, with uh, beers for us because they knew that we had run out <laughs> and uh, kind of restocked <laughs> us on that. So we had one one other good night of uh, drinking with them, and then uh, kind of headed out on our way. And how was the fishing so, in the end? Uh, it was really good. I actually caught one of the uh, biggest pike I've ever, well, it was the biggest pike I've ever caught in my life. Nice. Um, and uh, But the pickerel fishing up there was incredible. And we actually had planned to bring enough food, but really by the end of the by by the end of the trip, we did not have enough food whatsoever. And it was we were very lucky to have caught as many fish as we did. I think our total was uh, pretty close to 80 fish in the wow. 10 days. Wow. That's and awesome. We were pretty much eating two pickerel per meal. Per person? That's amazing. Yeah, pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you went in like that crazy route, like the like making your own portage, do you have to then go back that same path? 
Uh, so we had we had planned for a loop. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So we kind of we ended up going down biscuit tasing into um, uh, Indian Lake and then over into Norma Lake, up Mishap Lake, and into Skelton Creek, and that kind of brought us all the way back up to uh, the general store again. You have a good memory. All those crazy yeah. names. Yeah, it's all, all, really. the, it's all journaled down, Jer. It's all yeah, journaled. exactly. Well documented. I think that's important, and that's something that Calvin and I, in many ways, are happy about with some of the trips that we've been on, and in other ways, we definitely see some more opportunity to uh, to do stuff like that. Some trips I would, well, all trips I would take a lot of photos, but then some I would take more video than on others. And the ones that I have video for, I'm so excited that I have all that footage, even if I haven't really done anything with it. It's so uh, fun even just to look back on it and, and kind of relive some of those moments, and it, it makes it way more, um, yeah, it's just easier to relive them, I guess. Jerry, if a picture's worth a thousand words, what do you say <laughs> for video? Ooh, I think that's a question for the internet to answer. We'll leave that to our listeners. <laughs> hey, uh, Alex, before we let you go here, um, we always try to get some practical tips to uh, help our listeners find more adventure in their everyday. I think your story is uh, is a really good one for them, right? It's a couple of buddies who said, you know, let's start going on more camping trips. And as you start having that adventure, you're uh, increasing, you know, in complexity and in the different things you're doing and the things you're trying and the technology you're using and you're having a lot of fun with uh, that type of stuff. Uh, so what would your um, kind of, with all of that stuff in mind, what would your tip be for people to find more adventure in their everyday? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think it's really important to uh, find something that you really like to do and uh, challenge yourself uh, and push yourself to uh to, to do that and uh, to do more of that. And um, I think in the end, you most of the memories you end up having end up coming from things that you didn't plan for because you were pushing yourself. Hmm. Were there times on some, that, that's great. Were there times on uh, some of these trips where you guys were like just absolutely exhausted or like right at your, like at your limit? Absolutely. After some of those, uh, those portages that we came through, I think we all kind of hit lows at different points during the trip. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's why it's important to really make sure that you're going with people that you like, uh, being with because it's those friends that end up turning you around and being able to kind of keep your, your, uh, keep you going. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, so I think we all, we all hit lows at different points during the trip and it was really, uh, the friends that you got that, that pull you through. And that's cool to hear too, because I think when, you go on a camping trip, like it's easy for you to think, oh, it's all going to be, you know, awesome. We're going to fish and cook all these great meals. But all of these trips really do have these like arcs of highs and lows. And then only after you like look back, do you get to see like the full picture. And almost afterwards, you experience even more joy from like the accomplishment. Um, you know, those the highs were higher and the lows were lower than you could have imagined. And when it all kind of when you look at it all together, it's all a really fun thing to look back on. Absolutely. Yeah, even in moments of like pure exhaustion, it's still like it's still fun looking back at that when everyone's kind of at that same state. All you can really do is, well, this is what we're in, and and laugh about it, and then just move on. And we're in it together. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Alex, thanks so much for your time today. This has been a really uh, fun conversation, and maybe uh, Calvin and I will either see you out there, or maybe we'll do a trip together sometime. That yeah, would that'd be, be amazing. Awesome. With our, our our guide, scavenger guide. Yeah. We can do once uh, again. That is uh, northernscavenger.com. Anything, check it out. Anything else you want our listeners to check out, or is that the main place to stay in touch? Yeah, I think that's uh, definitely the main place. I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook as well. But I, I think primarily Instagram and uh, and the website are going to be your best resources. And Sweet. you're uh, generating quite a, quite a nice following, which is uh, I'm sure encouraging for you to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it kind of just started off as a fun little thing, and you know, you get messages from people now uh, saying they're really enjoying your content. It just it uh, it makes you just want to provide more and and do more for them. Awesome. Yeah, one of the things I love about your website is it's not just like awesome pictures of what you're doing. It's well written articles and very helpful. So, I mean, I think for our listeners, that's a great resource for I mean for you to offer them is just having that. Uh, very in layman's terms laid out for them uh, right at their fingertips and while we're you know talking about your cool website cool like just a good variety of content like i'm looking at this beautiful canoe that you did some restoration on and like that's just like interesting stuff that doesn't 
really have to do with you going out on a camping trip but is a cool thing to do while you're while you're not camping so again guys go check out northernscavenger.com there's some really great stuff in there and uh, alex we hope to be uh chatting with you again soon yeah absolutely thanks a lot for having me on guys thanks alex. Hey, no problem man. all right and we're back back to the uh, little bit of banter that was uh northern scavenger with alex trainer great tips uh I, I hope we actually do get to go on a little trip with him one day that would be kind of fun that would be a ton of fun he'd be a great guide oh amazing one i it was yeah. interesting because i was chatting with cole the other day and we got to plan a trip down to sarnia too to see nathan yes we do so i think we should uh, you know similar to what you we were saying earlier pick a weekend and and uh and go down there just for yes, even a day amazing. with the rv yeah just to see him just to stop by the uh the brewery there i was also looking at portable recorders and i'm about to pull the trigger on one man it's going to be great are you really yeah four, okay four channel zoom h6 very nice piece of machinery i i, I hand i handled one at longham quaid the other day really nice a brand new machine but i'm probably gonna buy it on amazon oh yeah for sure <laughs> do, you, do you ever feel bad about buying stuff on amazon i don't know i'm not a big online shopper but lately i've been like really seeing the benefits of it Man, I have two. I mean, be- <laughs> were you going to like just plug our... Uh, <laughs> I actually was. Right I was gonna say, speaking of Amazon, uh, if you guys go to our website, openroadpod.com, this actually is a, a big part of what we do. Every week we write a, uh, a blog post about our guest, which includes a lot more photos, all of the links to get in touch with them, and also um, an item, something we think that will tangibly help you add more adventure to your everyday that's what this podcast is about so we want to provide you know as much help in that area as we can so uh, if you go there click on that amazon link we actually get a four percent kickback from whatever you spend there you know we'll be totally transparent with that Uh, you know we use that money for things like uh, getting our hair cut or you know buying you know a new t-shirt things like that yeah what do you think about my hair, Jeremy? It's getting pretty long. Yeah, I think you need a cut pretty soon, but again, no one's been buying anything off that Amazon link, so you're just going to yeah. have to keep, keep, keep growing it. Or keep cutting it myself. Hey, one more uh, funny story from this past week, Calv. I was filling up a car at a gas station, and I saw the Muskoka Brewery, like a, a Muskoka Brewery branded yep. car filling up as well. Nice. So I, went, little, uh, yep, go on. so I went over and I said, hey, man, uh, what's the best, the best Muskoka brew to be drinking this weekend? And he's like, oh, you know, you know, what do you like to drink? Like, what do you like this, that, and the other? He's like, you know, Detour is always a classic. And they said, oh, you know what? Reached into his car, gave me three coupons for three tall boys. Sweet. Uh, where you can redeem where? Uh, beer store. No way. So, That's amazing. Again, it was just, you know, that whole idea of taking a tiny risk and yeah. the reward was great. And it was a nice conversation. That's the awesome thing about catching people like when they're on the clock. Yes. Because he, because he's like, like if he's driving that car, he's on the clock. On the clock. No matter what, well, he's got to sell. And he was in sales, yeah. So he probably is, tw- you know, for sure. And he has that car at his house, so he's just always on the clock. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. you know, that's just another one of those ways that you know, practically, how do you go and find adventure? Is chat with someone, have a conversation, and just start with a an open ended question and. Again, don't be afraid of, you know, nothing happening. Yeah, lob them a softball like you did there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well done, Jer. Thank well you. Well done. Thank you. I'll be expecting a coupon and a half. Yeah, they're all, they're all gone already. I, okay. I, I passed them out to a couple of people because there was only one per customer, so. Yep, fine. You know. All right. Well, uh, I think that just about wraps things up for us today. Yeah, we got a cool band coming up for you guys. They're called Maps. The track we're going to play for them is called play by them rather is called Mediocrity and they sent us a couple tracks so over the next few weeks you'll probably be hearing from them again but uh, as we mentioned before please take a look at the website if you want to see more pictures of Alex's adventures and if you want to get in touch with him while you're there drop us your email if you so desire we sometimes send out uh, some of these tracks so you can have them in mp3 form uh, when when the bands uh, allow us to do that so that's another kind of neat neato thing that we do but thank yeah. you for for coming to hang out with us and we hope this helped you find more adventure in your everyday Run away to something greater than mediocrity
We had another part too. Like at the very end, we ended up uh, finishing our trip a little early, and we ended up uh, going back to the Bisco store just to have beers with the locals on our last night there. And we camped on an island that was maybe a kilometer from the Bisco store. So we set up our tent, oh, paddled wow. into town, had some beers with everyone at the store, met these two Irish brothers that brought us back to their house that was there, their cottage. <laughs> And we ended up having beers with the two Irish brothers who then invited the town minister and her husband over. And nice, we were drinking so beers with a minister, her husband, and these two Irish brothers. And it was just like, it was one of those things that you would have never expected to happen on your trip. But it was just hilarious when you look at what was in front of you. Yeah, and those are the moments when you're sitting and you're just sipping on that beer and you're like... This is so cool where I am right now, sharing this moment with my friends and with these total strangers. You just kind of look up in the sky and you're like, life is good. Yeah, taking Absolutely. that moment to zoom out. Yeah. My friend tried to take a, a picture because he just couldn't believe like what was happening. <laughs> and he had no idea his flash was on. So we were in this dark cottage <laughs> and all of a sudden this flash goes off and everyone was just kind of like, what was that? Uh, what are you taking a picture of, dude? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's so classic. Yeah.